Welcome to Diverse Tech Founders, a podcast about the one thing older than capital, people like you and me. Now here's your host, Abraham J. Williamson. I think you'll really enjoy this week's podcast uh, with Calvin Williams Jr., the founder of Freeman Capital, which is a fintech startup based uh, out of Charlotte, North Carolina, that's transforming the way that financial planners approach their business, how many clients they can serve well, and using technology to optimize net worth outcomes. What's interesting about this interview is it comes right before Calvin flew up, not just to Harvard for a pitch competition, but he also made his way to Harlem uh, on the same street that Madam C.J. Walker used to live on for his app launch party. So we celebrated Calvin. Uh, we introduced him to our community in Harlem. And this interview just goes a little bit more deeply into his mission, his purpose, and I hope you enjoy. So I have uh, Calvin Williams Jr. here of Freeman Capital. And just real quick, can I just briefly go over sort of how we've met? Uh, I'm going to talk about this at the app launch too, but, you know, we actually have never yet met in person, right? Uh, we got to know each other through GroupMe, right? Uh, in like 2014 or something like that. And we've just stayed in touch because we've both been interested in yeah. uh, finance with wealth management. Of course, you've taken a much, much, much larger leap than me in starting your own company and all that. Yeah. Uh, but these questions will actually help me get to know you better too and about what you're doing, even though... You know, I've known you, invested in the company and the like. So why don't you just start off by just telling us sort of where you where you're from and how you grew up? Yeah, so I am born and raised in Maryland. Um, you know, both of my uh, parents, uh, they were really supportive of the entrepreneurial uh, journey because I started my first company when I was in like 11 or 12, just kind of cutting grass. And then when the internet came out, they motivated me to like start getting some clients, building websites. So I was like 14 and I, and I started building church websites and small business websites. And then I went to the North Carolina A&T State University down here in North Carolina. Uh, and that's where things really, you know, kind of took off. Um, and uh, I've been down here for, for first about half of my life. I started my uh, first real company then, um, and it grew to be a top, uh, a top 25 web development firm in the region. And really what, what kind of happened was when I exited that business by selling uh, my part to my partner, I thought that I had a little bit of money until I went and tried to find a wealth manager. And he basically was like, because you can't write me a check and deposit a million dollars, you are broke in my eyes. It was very nice, but that's, that's the bottom line. And that is what really motivated me to, to, to build and start Freeman Capital. So that's, that's kind of where, I, where I've come from. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. You, you, you definitely gave us a little bit more than, <laughs> than the where you're from, but appreciate the context and the color very thorough. So why don't you just tell us really briefly about that tech background that you have though, uh, and a little bit about how that's helped you in, in Freeman Capital. Yeah. So, and, and again, I have to throw it back to my dad because he saw that technology was going to be a big deal. So we were very fortunate to where he like hustled up and even got us like one of the first Mac leases, you know, the ones from the ad when I was, uh, you know, I don't know, six or seven years old, you know, so I was around computers at a very young age, uh, even so that I can remember when American Online was nothing more than just text and black and white pictures. Like it was super early stage. And so I, I was building websites at that time and I was even recruited by the Department of Defense at 17 to build top secret government 
programs. And so I, I've always had a deep experience with, with technology and with investing because I first started investing at like 15 or, or 16 via share builder. This was during the dot-com boom. And it was like the first time that, that, that you could go online and like buy shares of companies. And so that's, so, it, so you just take that, that's really, really been my background from the beginning that I've always loved money and personal financial management and then marrying that with technology. That's kind of where and how I've gotten to where I am now. Awesome. Okay. So you have been well-versed in other people's products. Why don't you just tell us kind of what is Freeman Capital's actual technical solution that yeah. you think adds value to the market? Yeah, so it is really crystal clear here is that a lot of the products in this space are very good at doing one of two things, organizing your finances or making it easier to buy and sell online. Like that's what the personal financial managers do. That's what uh, the apps like uh, Acorns and you know, Robinhood, they're very cheap to go in and execute investments. But what Freeman Capital does is that we are unique in that we provide wealth building actions to help customers increase their net worth within their first 30, 30 days, 90 days, and one year. Our focus is different, is on comprehensive net, net worth improvement. And so as a result, we have helped customers figure out better ways to pay off their, their student loans, their debts, in, uh, increase their uh, credit score faster so that they can buy a home, and of course do investments through the market, but also provide insight on how to invest outside of the market as well. Because our whole goal is tied to increasing the net worth of our, our customers, not just organizing or making it easier or cheaper to buy a stock. Okay. So that, that's really good. Appreciate the breakdown there and just really clearly kind of outlining the difference. Mm -hmm. How then did you talk to investors and convince them that customers would use Freeman Capital? So it definitely has been a journey over the past years. And so what we first started was, you know, we, in the very beginning, we just put up a website and we just collected signups of people that might be interested. And just from organic content marketing, that grew to be over 1,000 people. And so the very first friends and family investors that we had, you know, one, they knew me because they had seen that I was student body president of my college. I had launched my firm. So they had seen a bit of my track record. Uh, and then I shared them with this idea of providing true wealth management and wealth building for all with a little bit of traction with the email signups. And then we would, you know, built a application. And in the beginning, we were thinking that, that we would be like some sort of diversification play to help people increase their portfolio. And so we started in currency and uh, futures, which is a really niche market. Uh, and But the crazy thing was that we still had people who were signing up, who were investing with us on that service. And the thing that we learned was that they were like, Calvin, we love this idea. I want you to manage all of my money and put it all in the market. And at that time, because we were only in the, uh, the currency market and in the future space, we realized that we need to do more. And so that's when this, this iteration of Freeman Capital came around. And so each time we took a step and got more traction, it was easier to, to share and it was easier for the investor to understand where we were going. Got it. 
so the pitch went well. Now kind of the flip side of that coin. Mm -hmm. uh, what's it like pitching your product while working such a demanded day job or having a family, all the other pressures of life? Yeah, so it really comes down to time management because at the end of the day, uh, you have to manage your own time and then manage the time of your team. And so for me, um, time management has, has been something that I've been interested in my life. Like I was probably a geek at like a young age because I can remember in like, fr like my freshman year of college, you know, really like planning out all of my courses, when will I study, and then that's when I developed this exercise that I, that I call the 168-hour exercise, where I list out all my priorities, all the things that I have to do, and then I map them out on my schedule to make my time work. And so by being diligent on my own time, it lets me focus on the most high-priority things. And then that cascades down to my team members. Because when you have these, these demands, you can't do it all by yourself. But that's good because it, it sets you up for having a foundation of building a team, having a team that, that you can rely on and manage to execute. Speaking of teams and doing things by yourself, why did you not bring on a co-founder? So initially, I launched it um just by myself so i you know o over the years have put in over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to get the business to this point plus outside investment as well and so because in the beginning it was it was literally just me and then the beginnings of the the team we didn't have someone that you know joined at the very beginning so that's really the only reason but my leadership team, they are virtually like co-founders because they grind and work on this like they were there in the beginning. And so even though they may not have been there at the very beginning, they still get the same respect and thankfulness from, from, from me because they basically are like my co-founders. That makes sense. So speaking of, again, of the team and, and yeah. their performance and building, what would you do if you got an infusion of $1 million today? Well, first, I would call my mom and tell her that I made it. I'd be like, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, once that celebration is over, you know, then we really have to get to work. Because when you get infusions of cash, that increases your level of expectation and your level of delivery needs to increase. And so for us, we would allocate that into three main buckets. You would have around 60% of that would be allocated to marketing and growth ta uh, tactics, ways to acquire the customer. The work that we have done to date lets us identify who the customer are, what their demographic and psychographics are, and how much it costs to reach them. So we would, so we would allocate that 60% to that customer outreach because it would increase the value of our firm and deliver our service more. Then around 30% of, of, of that million would then be allocated to advancing our technology platform. Uh, and then that would be in a number of ways, from front-end applications to improvements in our back-end automation to investments in the artificial intelligence that we aim to build. And then the, and then the remaining 10% would be in company overhead, uh, which is just you know, some of the uh, administrative and uh, corporate things and um, compliance uh, costs that, that, that we have to cover as well. We noticed that as well. This isn't a question that we, we sort of on the list, but could you just talk a little bit more about how you're able to, not the secret sauce or anything, but 
just how much of an advantage it is to have lower expenses and how you're able to accomplish that with technology. Yeah, so it is a game changer. Um, and so I think that um, when you are like, just, just to speak plainly, so, you know, we are based or headquartered down in North Carolina. And this is generally not a startup um, hotbed, like, you know, New York or Boston or San Fran. And so you kind of get forced into doing everything different. And so our whole team is remote. That's a cost saving. Then we use technology for ourselves. We use it as much as we can throughout the, the uh, product delivery service. It just shifts your, your focus. And so what it does, especially for early stage startups, is that it keeps our burn rate, that's the money that you spend each month, it keeps our burn rate low, which helps us to extend our runway even when we haven't raised the millions of dollars. So it literally becomes the lifeblood of the company being as efficient as possible with your dollars by using technology. That's good. That's, that's a solid strategic advantage. So uh, what's the most profitable piece of advice that you've received since you first started building that landing page? I think that the most profitable uh, advice came from a member of my marketing team and she really pushed on understanding what is this product going to do that is going to be better than everyone else. She harped on that for like six or nine months. And, you know, cause it's one thing to have a vision of you want to do X, but then because of marketing, they need to know exactly what they're going to market. And so with, you know, you'll, a CEO will be up here, but then marketing are gonna drop you right down here, which okay, what exactly makes us better. And so that drive to continually know the market, know the customer, and then form a product that is the best has been the, has been one of the, the best bit of, of advice that we have had because it has pushed us in every way to refine and improve our service. So this is a bit of a different question. Uh, mm -hmm. Name an artist that most inspires your work. Uh, so the first name that came to, uh, to mind, it may not be someone that everyone knows, but uh, his name is Toby Nwigwe. He's based out of uh, Houston, Texas. He's, a, he's an independent artist. The guy has crazy skills in rapping. I, I first saw him on Sway in the morning. And the reason why I picked him is because he's independent. He hustle hard. Like every week he put out a music video for like a year. And so that's just like dedicated work when like no one was watching him. And now he's starting to blow up. You know, and so I feel like that is kind of where we are as well, because we've been doing it independent. We, you know, we haven't gone down the big accelerator route or the big funding route. We've just been grinding and just been doing it day by day by day, keeping our head down. Uh, and that's what he is doing. And his music is fire too. So, Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button. This podcast is made possible by listeners just like you. So thank you for subscribing. And now back to the show. That's good. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah. Next is, it's a bit of a more personal question and kind of related to what I asked earlier, but how do you balance having a committed relationship and a committed relationship to your business? Yeah. So, and add that I have a son too. Um, so it's, it is uh, one of the hardest things. So like yesterday I had a call with, a, with an investor and I had to push it back. 
because my son who was four really wanted to play in the snow. And so I just had to accept when it was really when I had, it was really when I, when, when I had my son four years ago that I really began to accept this is that my journey may not look like everyone else's. And so once you stop trying to compare your journey to, you know, Elon Musk or whom or whomever else that is out there, that they're crushing it and just accept that my life and my journey is different, then you become a, a little bit less stressed and anxious. You always feel pulled, you know, my, you know, there's a wife, there's a family, there's from my son and from business and from work. You always feel pulled. But when you accept that my journey is going to be different, then you aren't trying to compare it to someone else, which, which brings further stress and anxiety. And so the biggest thing that I've done is just realizing that it's going to be, be different and I am okay with that. And I'll just have to rely on my team or opportunities or, or people being, being flexible, like that investor. He was like, cool, let's, let's talk at 6.30. So it, it, it just works out, but it starts internally just accepting that things may be different than how you expect them to be. Understood. So how does being from the Charlotte area or North Carolina generally give you an advantage, do you think, in the startup scene? I know you mentioned that it may yeah. not have the same as New York and San Francisco or Boston, but how does it give you an advantage? So I think the advantage is, is that we are forced to be extremely gritty out here. I mean, I was just talking to, to another fintech startup out, out in the Bay, and she was saying that she actually wished that she wouldn't have raised money as early as she did because it put expectations on her firm that as she's been trying to figure out her path, it's then, you know, she's having to deal with a big institutional investor and how things have changed. The, the, the positive of not having a lot of huge uh, institutional investors that are local is that I feel like the companies here, we get to a maturity point of, of really focusing on how to be profitable at a lower scale. And then when we get capital, we're able to scale and we know who our customer is, what our product is and all of that, because we've had to spend so much time to nail that because it had to work. Like, because, because we didn't have millions in the bank over the last few years, we had to be judicial with every dollar to make sure that it, you know, it worked and got an ROI. And now as we are raising funds, it means that we can now put that money to deploy hopefully more efficiently because we've already gone through these lessons of being super gritty, super uh, judicial with these funds to make sure that they pay off. That makes a lot of sense. To that end, um, if Freeman Capital could only keep one feature, what would that feature be? If, if we could keep only one feature, it would be the feature for someone to sign up and get a wealth building action within the first interaction with our service. Because at the end of the day, when someone comes to us and they're like, I wanna invest because I wanna make money. And then they connect their stuff to the, and they connect to our platform. They you know, talk to our service. And then they find out like, oh, the best way for me to build wealth is not just to invest, but to pay off these super high credit cards, interest rates, so that my net worth will be higher by the end of the, by the, the, end of the year. So if I had to keep one thing, it really is our narrow focus on providing wealth building actions as soon as possible that, are, that, that, you know, that people can take and then make changes within their life. Nice. 
So uh, name a pivot, something that you changed that you think saved your company. So the biggest pivot is, is going from currency trading to wealth building uh, actions and wealth management. Because I might, so just as a bit of a backstory, when, when I exited uh, my first startup, the, uh, web de- the web development studio, I began to build algorithms that would trade the market at night. Um, and so I, I thought that was cool and everyone would want that. Uh, and, you know, some folk did, but then really like realizing that it's not about the investment, but it's about the, the person and changing their, you know, their, their behavior to position them to make wealth. That, that pivot from technically focused on this is one investment product to this is a person and let's, and let's help them. That, that pivot has saved everything. That, that's powerful and it was very concise. Uh, that's 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 good. I'm glad that that happened. So, uh, which communities have been sort of the most helpful in growing your brand and your vision? Yeah. So I think that the biggest community, which is is, is going to sound probably too large, but it is the online groups of people of color that that are professionals and crushing it, right? Because the reality is is that uh, as people of color, we know that financial institutions, they may take our money, they, they may take our services, I mean, they may provide us uh, services, but this diversity and, uh, and um, in, uh, inclusion is not infused with the companies that we serve. I mean, there are still instances today of large banks and investment houses who are discriminating against people of color and we still know it and see it. And so when, you know, when people have heard of Freeman online and they shared it, that has been the biggest support ever. I mean, the fact that we were able to get over 8,000 signups online without spending any money in marketing just from word of mouth, that's powerful. And so I am immensely thankful for, for every person who has shared it in a group me and in an Instagram post. Uh, because that is why we are where we are, is that people themselves, they felt a connection to what we are trying to build. And without them, we wouldn't be here. Okay. Uh, glad that Friedman's doing so well. Tell us, how do you think DTEC.fund could help your company? So the big thing is that what DTEC.fund is doing is that it is creating a platform and a space for founders like me to come and share our story. And that is one of the biggest things that people of color and founders of colors need is, is a shot. We need a shot, we need access, and of course, we need funding. And so with, with a DTEC fund, it's, it's a opportunity for us that is carved out just for us to be our best. And that is literally all that we have ever asked for, just Give us equality, give us a chance, and hear us out. And that's what you all are doing. And that's why I'm so excited to be a part of it. Awesome. Uh, thank you for that, Calvin. So we're coming up on our last few questions. Hopefully they're some of the more exciting ones. Uh, do you? The first one is, do you want to run a billion-dollar company? Why or why not? Of course, yes. Uh, I do want to run a billion-dollar company, but not because it is a billion-dollar company. I want to run a billion dollar company because that means we are helping millions of people grow and build their wealth. And that is the most important part. 
Uh, and so for us, we are growing to scale to make that impact as well as to re uh, return value back to our shareholders. Got it. Um, so as you know, at our app launches, um, after your uh, pitch, your speech, if you will, there's a Q&A session. Yes. Uh, and it usually gets uh, pretty good. I mean, people are smart. They're asking some really good questions. It's always fun. It's one of my favorite parts uh, yep. other than the pitch. But my question is, which question would stump you if it was asked at your app launch party? Let me think. Uh, so that's a really interesting question because I've definitely been stumped in these types of interfaces before. But the thing is that once you've been stumped once, then you go back and you try and cover that up so that you can understand it. So the next time you're asked, you are ready. So I, I guess I would have to say that this question is stumping me already. And it is the unexpected question that, that, has, that you have never framed up. Those are the ones that always stump me the most. Uh, when it gets to the business and the metrics and our vision, I'm confident there. But it's when you get that a question where you're like, I never even had that thought. Those are the ones that, that, that get you the most. Nice. That's a good response to that one. Uh, so finishing up on the last one, uh, maybe it sounds like probably what your marketing team would, would like as the pitch is, yeah. what's the most valuable thing that Freeman Capital does for its customers? So the most valuable thing that Freeman Capital does is that it can enable anyone that is making either $1 or a million dollars to come onto a platform, get connected to a service and a community, and then get your specific wealth building actions for you to take that can help to increase your net worth now. We include everything from um, investing to saving to, to credit cards, and then we help to protect you to make sure that you are, are covered in terms of any gaps or things that you're overlooking. And so getting that specific plan of actions that include your whole life so that you can build wealth is the most valuable service that Freeman Capital provides. If you're enjoying the show so far, remember you can always enjoy the latest resources on our website at d-tech.fund. That's dtech.fund. Back to the show. Okay, so part of the tech fund is recognizing that less than 1% of startup capital goes to founders of color. And yep. it seems like Freeman Capital is helping out the people who don't have access to capital, who aren't founders, but who just generally have this this, this financial wealth gap. I don't know the exact numbers. I'm sure that yeah. you might, but could you just talk a little bit about how Freeman Capital, independent and different from all the other players in the market, mm -hmm. is helping to close that wealth gap? This is one of the core bases of the company, is that we want to help as many people as possible cross the wealth divide within one generation before it becomes too wide. So in the next 50 years, it will be so that over 174 million Americans could fall out of the middle class because of this wealth gap. And so this especially impacts people of color because we are the ones who are least using services like financial advisors and apps and using these types of tools. And so Freeman Capital is built specifically to a target, you know, us, the uh, people that, that have had 
let's just say, a, you know, a bit of history relationship with financial and, and money and having, you know, companies that would take advantage of people of color. Yeah. You, you have black people who were a currency sure. for several years. So there's a lot of odd relationships that we have as a community with money. And the wealth gap is only to make, is, is really only making this even worse. And so that's why we are so focused on our service with providing specific wealth building actions, because it's not enough for someone to just come and get their, their expenses categorized. And it's not enough to just be able to buy a stock for a, for, for a, uh, for a cheap price. What we have to do is provide someone with a plan and hold them accountable so that they can begin and continue passing on generational wealth. And that's what Freeman Capital is focused on. Thanks for joining this week on Diverse Tech Founders with Abraham J. Williamson. If you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. You can do it right now. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us too. Thanks again.